turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor. Today is Tuesday, November the 10th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on November 10, 1775, the U.S. Marine Corps, they were organized under the authority of the Continental Congress. The Marine Corps, as President Obama often called them till someone corrected him. Today in 1766, Rutgers, State University of New Jersey, at its beginnings, <clears throat> in the beginning, it was Queen's College in New Brunswick. Today, in 1919, the American Legion opened its first national convention in Minneapolis. Today, in 1928, Hiroshito, he was enthroned as the emperor of Japan. Today, in 1938, Kate Smith first sang Irving Berlin's God Bless America. She sang it on her CBS radio program. We need to be singing that song again and often. God bless America. Today, 1951, customer-dialed long-distance telephone service began. A guy whom I've never heard of, I didn't even write down his name, called another guy whom I've never heard of, but apparently someone knew who they were. They were supposed to be famous at the time. He dialed from New York to California. Customer-dialed long-distance telephone service, 1951. Have we come a long way since then? Maybe too far. Today, in 1975, the UN General Assembly approved a resolution equating Zionism with racism. It It took that world body until December of 1991 to repeal that resolution. From 1775 to 1991, Zionism was considered racism by the world government. Today, in 1982, the newly finished Vietnam Veterans Memorial was opened. They opened it uh, three days before the dedication so that the first visitors could go there, families, etc. Today, in 2009, John Allen uh, Muhammad, He was the mastermind of the 2002 sniper attacks that killed 10 people in the Washington, D.C. area. Remember, he was the guy, he had a kid with him. They drove around in a a car. It wasn't a van. I think it was a car. And they had poked a hole in the trunk so they could see out of it. and, And they took turns, I guess. One would drive and the other would be in the trunk looking out this hole. They had a rifle. And they would just shoot people randomly in parking lots, like at, you know, like big box Walmart or whatever, and uh, nobody. And then they would just drive slowly, as though they were just another car in the, you know, coming in or leaving the parking lot. And for a long time, I mean, it captivated the news. You probably remember it. Um, and nobody could figure out who was doing this, and they couldn't attach the shooting to any particular person or car because of the method they were using. Well, eventually they got caught, thankfully. 
And uh, today in 2009, John Allen Muhammad, the adult of the two, he was executed. I believe in the death penalty. I know many don't. I know a lot of, well, I don't know about a lot, but some Christians, left-leaning Christians, don't. But I, I believe there is a place for that. I think it should be administered very carefully and very thoughtfully. But I do believe in the death penalty for a number of reasons. Not going to talk about that today, but I do. Yesterday, I, I, there was one thing I wanted to leave with you yesterday as we were completing our program and <laughs> the clock was completing me. Um, what I wanted to tell you was that I had seen something. I don't know who wrote this. I did not, but I, I wish I would have. It's, it's a tremendous thought. And to whomever wrote it, I credit, but I don't know who it is. But they've noted, somebody has written this and noted, and I saw it somewhere. But in regards to this election, it's very discouraging. It's very, it's very difficult for millions of people, 70 plus million people in America voted for Trump. Not because they like his personality or they love the fact that he tweets all the time. They No, it was in spite of all those things. 70 million people voted for him because... He is a great friend in his policies, not his words. Words come all the time, but in his policies. He's a great friend to biblical Christians. And I don't know why the Christians on the left, supposedly religious left, can't figure that out, but they can't. I have friends who are just, they just fall in line with the far left, Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie, and all of them. And they they just denounce Trump, vote for Biden, and say they love the Lord with all their heart, and more and more babies get killed, and the homosexual agenda is pushed forward on every front. And that's what we are looking at if Joe Biden indeed becomes the next president of the United States. He has not yet become that, nor is he the president-elect. He isn't that. That's a big lie that he is putting forward, and and the press is assisting him, of course. But someone put this has put this out, and I just wanted to share this. And people are asking the question, and I th- I think it's a time when many will ask the question: Why has God allowed this to happen? I prayed, I I really sought the Lord, and I, I mean, Trump is not he is not an example of righteousness, but the policies that he has put forward and actually acted on are on behalf of and toward righteousness. I don't know to what degree he understands that concept. I mean, I honestly don't know. But I know there are just dozens and dozens and dozens of sold-out biblical Christians around him. Mike Pence, the vice president, none the least. But many around him in his cabinet, they hold prayer meetings in the White House daily. Ben Carson said, I've never been in the White House when there wasn't a prayer meeting and a Bible study going on somewhere in the building. I mean, it's amazing. So with that in mind, we wonder, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Yeah, and I know the quick answer that some are saying, well, God's judging America. But here here is something that someone wrote. Let me leave this with you and we'll move along to today. This was yesterday. But God could have miraculously healed Lazarus, but instead he let him die to perform a bigger miracle. God could have saved Daniel from the lion's den. Instead, he didn't allow the lions to kill him. 
God could have saved the three from the fiery furnace, but instead he walked beside them and brought them out of the fire unharmed. Give that some thought. That's what I wanted to end on yesterday. Like I said, the clock. I, I think the clock was rigged. I don't know. But that's what I wanted to tell you yesterday. I understand the frustration of conservative biblical Christians who voted for Trump and are standing by watching all of this you know, roll out. And boy, I'll tell you, it, it is difficult to swallow sometimes. And I understand that. But we've got to remember that God is in control. Trust the Lord. He's always on time. He's never late. And his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts than our thoughts. And we just have to trust the Lord at this time. And that's not a cop-out. It's just that we're in uncharted waters in America. And so much, in fact, everything hangs in the balance. President Donald Trump is within 1% of the Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden in Arizona, the news is reporting this morning, about an hour ago. Those are the latest unofficial results coming out of the counting in Arizona. Fox News, as you know, had called that race days ago for Joe Biden. Donald Trump took great issue with it. He's taking more and more issue with more and more things on Fox, as I am, and many millions of others are. Their ratings after the election day has tanked. They're they're low, except for a few people on Fox News, like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, etc. And there are several others. But Trump has received 1.63 million votes to Biden's 1.64 million as of late last night. That's a margin of 0.45%. Biden's lead has slowly decreased as more and more ballots are being counted. As I said, Fox News called that race way too early. I don't know what their motivation was. We'll see. I mean, they may squeak out and say, see, we told you so, but it'll be like a half a percent or something. They could not have known that. I don't know what their motivation was. But these rallies... These rallies that are being held around the country, I don't know if you've heard about them, but they're not organized by Trump or any of his people. I, at first I thought, well, they've got to be, I mean, somebody working for the Trump campaign has got to be kind of helping these people, but they're not. I mean, as far as I could see, I looked into it, but they're happening. There was one yesterday, it was between twenty and 30,000 people. There was no uh, n- no destruction, there was no violence. <clears throat> excuse me, no violence or anything. It was just a matter of people gathering in their cars, usually about two to three people in a car, a family, and uh, they weren't confronting anybody. They were just on meeting on behalf, and they take off and they drive around these towns wherever they are. And yesterday, they, they the, the 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 like state patrol or whatever they were called in that state uh, estimated there were between twenty and 30,000 people participating with, on average, about three people per car. And this is beginning to spring up around the country. As I said, it's not a, a violent response. It's a very energetic response. But that is happening because of some of the things that we're talking about right now on this program. People are, are questioning. They're saying, wait a minute, something is very wrong here. And it is. Litigation is basically focused on five states now. There are lawsuits that have been or are being filed yesterday and today in 
basically in five states. Certainly, um, Arizona is one of them. And as I said, that count is getting so close, it's less than 1% this morning. But the litigation that's focused on these five states has a variety of different lawsuits and demands to that's tailored to whatever is happening in that state or has happened during the election count. But the states are Arizona, then Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Georgia, and um, and and then um, some are saying that Nevada, but I don't. I'm not sure about that. So I'll just tell you what I'm pretty what I'm very sure of. But in Pennsylvania, uh, there were 21,000 dead people on the voter polls. They received ballots. What happened to those ballots? The state Supreme Court extended voting past the deadline in Pennsylvania. Very important state, very close in the vote count. But only the state legislature can do that. So the state Supreme Court was illegal in their action when they allowed the Democrats who in every one of these cities who run the count, for the most part, there's some Republicans pretty well uh, involved in uh, Arizona. But for the most part, the rest of these states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, etc., the, there's a few Republicans in Georgia, but the, predominantly is Democrat running the election process. And what they did was the state, um, the state Supreme Court quickly ruled in Pennsylvania that, oh, yeah, sure, you, we'll let you extend it three days. That sounds reasonable to us. But they don't have that right. Only the state legislature under the ARC U.S. Constitution has the right to decide when voting is over. So that's being challenged. In Michigan, there's Republican observers who were banned from observing ballot, ballot counting. You know, you've seen it in Detroit and other places. They were putting paper on the windows so they couldn't even look through the windows. They were escorting them out. They were shutting down voting. Uh, until they would leave, they would say, well, you know, we're, we're done now. And some of the observers that were in there would leave. Then they'd start counting again. I mean, it was really, really kind of cheap tricks. I mean, honestly, it was above or should be above anybody on, on something as important as the United States presidency. But that was what was happening, and it was rampant. There are other issues there. So Michigan is a focus there was a glitch in a the software there that, according to the people working there at the time, they're now coming out. Some of the workers, who are Democrats, some of them, are coming out and saying, we saw it with our own eyes. There was a glitch in the software, and at least 20,000 votes marked for Trump were counted by the computers because of the glitch in the software. They, they're calling it a glitch. Anyway, whatever, it may have been self, you know, may have been inflicted by someone. But at least 20,000 votes that, that some of the people saw happen before their eyes. They watched these, this stack of Biden uh, ballots go into the machine, and they saw the count come out with 20,000 uh, or, or Trump ballots go in and come out 20,000 for Biden. So that's being examined along with a few, a few other things. And 28 different states used that software. 28 states, not counties. They don't know how many counties used it. In Georgia, 
the process ballots after the polls closed is illegal. And so they're addressing that, the Trump campaign and the lawyers and everything, they're addressing that. In Georgia, the deadline is when the poll closes, election day is done. They're not, they're, no more ballots are accepted. So the largest county in uh, Fulton County, that's Atlanta, which is very far left, and it's Democrat. They stopped counting on election day early because apparently they wanted to see what the rest of the state, which is mostly Republican primarily, see what the count looked like, and then they started counting and again in the middle of the night after the returns from the rest of the state became available. Now, I'm not making this up. That happened. Additionally, there was a matter of harvesting ballots, and that's been happening in a lot of states. That means people will go out, and one, they go to these uh, nursing homes and things where people have received ballots, and they say, well, we'll help you fill it out. Oh, thank you very much, because they need help sometimes, these elderly people. So they're doing that. They're gathering up these bundles of, of ballots, and in many states, that's illegal. California, that was widespread in California. But that's not being addressed because Biden carried California pretty significantly. I, I can't remember the count, but it was pretty significant. But harvesting ballots is another issue that they're looking at legally. Also, yesterday, U.S. Attorney General Barr, he said and announced in a formal letter that he's launching a widespread investigation on all of these issues. And he was immediately confronted by the left in the media and said, well, this won't affect this election. And he said, whether it affects this election or not, he said, on behalf of the American people, all of these irregularities, and they are myriad. He said, they've got to be addressed. So that's what's happening at the moment. It's changing so fast that I haven't gotten into the details of the lawsuits a lot on the program because day to day, it's just changing I don't think, I, I didn't feel that you wanted to listen for a half an hour about the details of the legal maneuvering, but I, just to say that it's happening and, it, and it's primarily focused on the states that I just mentioned. So that's what's happening. And we'll keep you updated every day as something breaks in the morning uh, or the afternoon per, per previous, like yesterday afternoon or whatever. We'll keep you updated and we'll keep talking about this along with whatever else that we're talking about. Mitch McConnell unanimously was reelected Senate Majority Leader this morning. Um, every Republican voted for him. By unanimously, I don't know if that means that. Uh, no, it would not. All of the Republicans voted. They are the majority in the Senate, a thin majority. There are two seats in Georgia that will have to have a runoff in January. Should they both go? That could tip the balance, but nonetheless, that's where we are. We'll talk about that when we get there. But those are some of the things that are happening in our country. But let me talk to you for a moment this morning about Time Magazine and their feature cover article released yesterday. It's a great big picture of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris with their black masks on, holding their hand up in victory, holding each other's hand extended up in victory. And emboldened across the cover of Time magazine, it says, A Time to Heal. 
I've been in the ministry my entire life, a pastor many of those years, a youth pastor, a music pastor, a the real pastor, the senior pastor. I like to see people heal. We need healing in our lives. America needs healing in our country. But is this really a time to heal? The left want us to think that it is. The debut post reads, quote, President-elect Joe Biden, Vice President-elect Senator Kamala Harris, usher in a new era. Actually, they're not president or vice president-elect. They're neither, neither of them are elect until all of the states have certified their vote, honestly. So that is, it's really a lie right out of the chute. And it's, it's kind of premeditated because I talked about this last week that the Biden people were talking about the fact that as soon as he had won, according to just the press, they had called enough of the states that he was going to win. He was going to run with the press's prediction and say that he was president-elect. I mean, that was a very thought-out action on his part because he said Al Gore made a mistake of not doing that back when he and Bush had their problem with the hanging chads and the ballots in Florida and so on. So that was a conscious effort by him to mislead America and take this role of, quote, president-elect, and he isn't. He may be if God allows it, but he isn't today, and he certainly hasn't been the last few days. But he is acting as though he is president before he is president-elect, and certainly before he would be inaugurated as president. The people behind him are running that, of course. They're putting all of their effort into that. But he is not president-elect. But they are they are trying to bring in a new era. That part of it I'll, I will agree with. The remainder of the tweet, though, sounds more like the Knights of the Round Table than a new era of healing. And that's what I really want to talk to you for about a few moments ago uh, today. Is this really a time for healing? Once you look at the Time Magazine article, and I did, just a couple of lines, and then they they immediately link to an article by Charlotte Alter. And that explains her article, How Joe Biden Won the White House. And in it, she writes this, The only thing more powerful than a dragon is a dragon slayer. For four years, President, she didn't call him President, I'm calling him that, but otherwise I'm quoting her, President, Donald Trump's penchant for division and chaos was the dominant force in American life. In the end, after a long and excruciating battle, it was vanquished by Joe Biden's promise of decency, unity, and national healing. She writes extensively about how Biden outsmarted everyone, and although he was, it wasn't easy, the landslide that many Democrats had hoped for didn't happen, but Trump was defeated. She then notes that, but Trumpism seems more entrenched than ever in the GOP. Well, Trumpism isn't ensconced or entrenched in the GOP. It's basic conservative values for the most part on the part of tens of millions of people based on Judeo-Christian values and principles. Those values and principles that this country was founded upon. So they're trying to suggest in the first place that somehow we have caught this little disease of Trumpism and we're not going to let it go. 
we were believing what we believe long before Donald Trump came on the scene. But she doesn't get that or doesn't want to. I don't think they get that. They're spiritually blind. They're blinded. The Bible talks a lot about spiritual blindness. That's what we're dealing with in the press and in many of the politicians. But they're suggesting, she's suggesting, that we just are hanging on to this Trumpism. So it's, it's, gonna, it's going to have to be like exercised from us in order to make this a more perfect union. So how does dealing and healing come when the dragon slayers are in hot pursuit? It isn't just Trump they want to slay. It's all of those who agree with him on fundamental beliefs. They've called us deplorables who are conservatives, deplorables, the people who cling to their guns and Bible. And most recently, Joe Biden referred to Trump supporters as chumps. And he called us that many times. So now they're wanting to heal. They're declaring that we should now heal. It's time to heal. So kneel down and heal right now. Do it or you're going to be punished. I'm not overstating. Yesterday, Whoopi Goldberg on The on the View, some people on CNN and others randomly around the country were talking about making a list. Ocasio-Cortez is advocating, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez is advocating that they make lists of the people who worked for or supported the Trump um Trump presidency as much as possible so they can blacklist them when they apply for jobs in government under a Biden administration. I'm not kidding. That's where we are. Out of one side of their mouth, they're saying, make these lists so we can blacklist these people. On the other hand, it's a time for healing. The hypocrisy is more than knee deep. So it isn't just Trump they're wanting to slay. They're wanting to slay this dragon slayer that she's conjured up, is wanting to slay all of us. The Fox hit comedy Family Guy. Imagine Donald Trump, President Trump, his wife Melania, and Vice President Mike Pence hanging themselves in prison in an episode that aired the day after Tuesday's presidential election, this last election. The episode features Peter in this episode asking, he uses the Lord's name in vain, and then says, can you believe Trump hung himself in prison? Later in the episode, Brian, who's reading a newspaper, he reveals that Mike Pence hung himself after coming out as a homosexual. He says, he uses the Lord's name in vain, I can't believe Mike Pence came out of the closet just before he hung himself in prison. Peter's friend Quagmire on this episode is seen reading the newspaper, and he announces the death of Melania Trump back in her home country of Slovenia. He says and uses the Lord's name in vain. I can't believe Melania was deported to Slovenia, then hung herself in a European prison. But Family Guy's not the only Fox show that depicted President Trump's allies hanging themselves. This was back in an April uh, 2017 episode when Sean Spicer, the then uh, press secretary, they did the same thing. This is rampant, and this is throughout all of our nation today. And they're talking about healing on one hand, and then all this stuff around dragon slayers slaying the dragon and, and committing suicide and hanging themselves. And, I mean, this is crazy stuff. And we'll be talking a lot more about this, and I wrote more about it in, a, in an article today on our website, faithandfreedom.us. But let's remember that tens of millions of people voted for Trump, not what he is, but what he represented as president. And that isn't going to go away very soon.
Hey, thank you for your support. We need it. Thanks for standing with us. I'll see you right here tomorrow.